So how would you start this show? In your voice. Hypothetically speaking? Yeah, if it was just your show, because it's not, it's my show. <laughs> I would say... Um, hello, and welcome to David's show about the Astro Diner. That's pretty good, right? It's good. You have a very kind of down-tempo vibe. How did you find your voice? How did I find my voice? Uh, well, just trying to imitate other, another radio producer. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> Scott Carrier. Who's Scott Carrier for our listeners who don't uh, know? He's a radio producer. He was like in the early days of NPR. He... I feel like I've told this story so many times. I'm self-conscious about telling it, but... I don't think that our li like there's saturation for like David Weinberg telling this story on podcasts. Uh, he's like famous, most famous... I don't know about most famous, but he's like a, a legend because he got on the radio by hitchhiking to NPR at a time when his life was sort of falling apart and his marriage was crumbling and his children were like... But, you know, it was a bad time in his life, and he was just, like, adrift in the world, and so he decided to hitchhike to NPR. This is the, NPR was just... And he had studied film, and he wanted to do Verite documentary, but he couldn't afford a film camera, so, but he had a tape recorder. So he hitchhiked to NPR and recorded all the people that picked him up along the way, and then, she, like, knocked on the door and was like, hey, I want to be on the radio with all these tapes I have, and they were just like, you're insane, get away from here. <laughs> you know? But then they also, like, let him in the building, and, and um, I think they were kind of, like, laughing at him, like, look at this, like hoboish sort of guy is my understanding of the story but then they're like alright what do you let's hear your tape and then he played the tape for this one engineer who I guess had been up all night before like drinking and was like in a bit dark place and there was something about the tape that just resonated with him and it like, kind of brought him to tears and he was like wow this is really good tape and then Scott was like great I want to put it on the radio I want to make a Verite documentary and then they were like I think it was Scott Simon maybe I can't remember who it was it was like you can't just put raw tape on the radio like it just won't work you have to give it some context you have to write and they're like are you a good writer and he's like I don't know and they're like go and so they let him sleep on this couch and he was like write us a story about this tape and he wrote the story and he was just like a naturally gifted brilliant writer and made this beautiful piece and that was like how he got his career so that's how his career started you know so, this so that was sort of like my model for how you get into radio. I was like, oh, well, then I'll just like bum around with a tape recorder and interview people that I meet hitchhiking and traveling. And then Wait, before we get to that, so yeah. I, I think that most people don't know that this is probably in the early days of NPR. Yeah, yeah. NPR started like in the 60s, I believe, in D.C. Yeah, this was, I think, in the, uh, I can't remember when this was, 70s, 80s. It wasn't okay. like in the early, early days, but it was like at the beginning of, of it was at a time when NPR was still really like, ambitious about what it did in terms of like coming up with new ways of telling stories it was less a news organization and more right. like this sort of like hippie-ish sort of intellectual fringy sort of government funded thing that was like let's like we don't know what we're doing let's sort of like play around with sound and like people like the kitchen sisters were making stuff and right it's something that i didn't it. know about npr having i've listened to npr my entire life so I remember listening to NPR in like the late 80s and um, I didn't find out until much later that it had this totally different approach yeah. in the early days and that a, a lot of the sort of old guard NPR folks used to have a very different, like have, have done more experimental, like what, what I would call like experimental yeah, radio. Yeah, sort of a split that happened where I think Robert Siegel was largely a part of the idea that um, they should be 
I mean, not RIP, not but dead. he, not you know, his, but like it should be he's a gone from the airwaves it should now. Be professional and like, you know, it should it shouldn't just be like, like the, you know, there's this famous piece by Larry Massett called "Trip to the Dentist," where he goes to the dentist and he goes under the gas. And then he has this like hallucinatory dream about traveling down a river, and it's just like it's fiction, basically. It's not real. I've never heard that. And before. that was on NPR, you know. And like, there was people that wanted to do that, and there was people like Robert Siegel that was like, "We should be doing the news. We should be taken seriously." And you know, there was a sort of a split, and a lot of the people that were on the other side of like, "Let's do creative stuff," like Jay Allison and people like that, went off and did their own thing and created their own shows and production companies, or whatever. Jay Allison, the founder of Transom. Yeah, founder Transom of Transom is what. Transom is an organization that helps teach people how to tell radio stories. They also, it's a great resource. You know, they have like a website where you can like look up what kind of gear to buy. And like, um, I help teach workshops where we go to places and do week-long workshops where people can learn how to tell radio stories. So you're starting out and you want to be Scott Carrier. Yeah. So that's like when I was writing stuff, I mean, it's a whole long story, but when I first started to like write stuff and read it into a mic, I was basically just doing a Scott and Carrier impression. And early in my career, I had this opportunity to go into a room with Ira Glass and play him a story and get notes on it from him at this conference. And I played him this story and he was like, have you ever heard of Scott Carrier before? <laughs> and I was like trying to play it cool. I was like, yeah, I've heard of him. He thought that you had gotten there just on your own. Yes, thank you. And may I have a glass of water? Oh, sure. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have water, but I'll take some more coffee. Thank you. Yeah. And so, he, I was like, yeah, I've heard of him. And then he was like, you sound a lot like Scott Carrier. And I was just like, that's amazing. But, you know, because at that time I was like happy to sound like someone else. And then, you know, eventually you're like, I'd like to not sound like someone else. Well, so will you do an actual Scott Carrier imitation now? No. Why not? Um, I could try. Because it's just going to sound like you? Well, I could try. I just, I'm not like very good at impressions, but um, do a line from what you played for Ira Glass. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Here come the waffles. There we go. Thank you. Oh man, I don't even remember the. What was that story about you? Oh, it was about these homeless guys that I befriended when I worked at this restaurant in Seattle. Um, I just don't even remember. I don't know. I don't want to do an impression. You don't want to do a Scott Carey impression because why? I think that it would be useful to hear <laughs> an impression okay. of Scott Carrier versus right. you right. doing Scott Carrier, which is how you describe your own style. All right. Um, I also just feel like I don't know how to do it. Um, I'm trying to think how to... Just kind of blanking. Just give it the college try. For the sake of this conversation. <laughs> um, uh, I, I can't. I can't, you can't I do can't it, do ladies it. and gentlemen. Like, He's like freezing up. Stage fright. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that's how David found his voice. Yeah. Because I was listening to a rough cut of a story that you did and I just I think you have a great style of reading where it, it definitely feels red and it feels like you know your ladies and germs gather around I, I, I will tell ye a story but it feels very natural and there's a cadence and like I said I was kind of setting you up but you know how would you introduce this show 
feel like you have a well, down tempo style. Well, you, the thing you kick about back, you're behind the beat. Yeah, the thing about what I do there is like it's not something I do on the cuff. It's like I've written those words, I've rewritten them. So off I'll, the cuff is the expression. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we have to do a malapropism every episode, don't we? <laughs> but so like the idea that I could just sound like that. Yeah. While riffing, I feel like it's impossible because it's not a riff. It's like I'm reading something. Right. And something that I've internalized and comes from, some, you know, like... Yeah. It's like I almost... I don't have it memorized, but, like, it's coming from a place where I'm comfortable enough reading it that I'm not reading it for the first time. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like the idea that I could just be like, start the show like you would a story that's been thought of, like, that you spend a lot of time thinking about, writing about, rewriting, and then, like, it's just not the same thing, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah, let me try. <laughs> Are you, so this is your impression of me? Is that what you're okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Astro. I'm David Weinberg. I'm here with my friend Richard Parks. We meet here every Tuesday for an hour, have, have an unscripted conversation about whatever occurs to us. On my way in here, I saw a squirrel chasing after a child. It was beautiful. Ah, I'm, well, at least I tried. Yeah, that wasn't bad. It's, but there's it, something about your cadence that's ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba. Which is like terrible. It was like not to have a cadence. Well, no, I think it's great to have a cadence. I mean, have you heard of Shakespeare? Have you heard of Homer? I do think of myself as, and the, Spondies, as the Shakespeare of radio. Have you heard of Virgil? So that Have you read the Aeneid? But do you know about Dactyls and Spondies? No. Illuminate me. Well, it comes from the ancient oral tradition. Because these were stories, you know, not written down. Uh-huh. Part of the way that you could uh, remember it, I mean, it's, it's sort of like remembering a melody or a song. You know, it, ha it has a rhythm. And so everything is divided into dactyls or spondies. And Wait, if I mess this up, if I mess this up, I owe you a copy. Um, a, a spondy is composed of a, a long and two shorts. So duh, duh, duh. Duh, duh, duh. And a dactyl is two longs. Duh, duh. And so, for example, in some of the passages of um, like ancient oral tradition, like, like the Homers and, and the Virgils, if, if there's like a battle scene, you'll hear mostly dactyls. It'll be like, because it's like marching into battle. Yeah. But um, if you're in a more like lyrical mode and maybe describing, you know, uh, Dino's beauty. Seems like you would want more than two patterns, though. It just seems a little limiting. But you can combine them. And then there's also, they have ways around it where th there's um, something called elisions. And anyway, I'm sure this is all completely bowdlerized and wrong, but it's been a while Still since Latin class. But, y y but basically, I mean, part of when you're studying these texts um, is learning to recite them. And, Did uh, you study Latin? Yeah, for a long time. Really? Yeah. How long? Well, I started taking it 
in seventh grade, and um, I studied it through high school with the most iconic like outside teacher school? in my life. No, in oh. school, always in school. I went to a private middle school where it was required that I believe only for seventh grade. It was just to get a sense of grammar and uh, like the way that a lot of our English is derived from right. Latin and vocabulary. You know, like there's lots of good yeah. reasons to take a little bit of Latin. Um, it's like learning basic algebra and geometry, right? Right. But I continued with it and then I did it through high school and I even did it in college. And I studied, um, you know, with this like British dude who had studied with Robert Fitzgerald, who did some of the definitive translations of, uh, like, if if you read the Odyssey in high school, or it was the the definitive yeah. translation of our era of uh, that text, and it perhaps still is. Um, and he is uh, my my friend's grandfather, actually. But uh, he was a, a poet and a professor at Harvard, and he taught my uh, college instructor. Um, but when I, where I went to school, McGill didn't have like the greatest or most like robust classics program. Understandably, you know, in yeah. the year two thousand, um, not many places did. Uh, but I did take a little Latin in college, and I still have my translation of Virgil's Aeneid somewhere. At least a lot of it. So that's the deal. I think it's good to have. What's wrong with cadence? Who says you can't have a cadence to your well, read? Well, it's just like when when we teach people how to read scripts, we tell them it's you try not to fall into a too rhythmic of a pattern of speaking because it can like it can be lulling in a way that you don't want a radio story to be, and it can mm-hmm. be it can draw attention to like da 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 da. It just it's just, that's why you have dactyls and spondees. It breaks it up. Right. You want to be a little more dynamic in the way you read things because when you speak, you speak in a dynamic way. You don't speak in a the same cadence all the time. Yep. And it's much. It's really hard to read something and have it sound and, and to not have those. Well, rhythms. so so when someone that's says why you Shakespeare have a cadence, got like, iambic pentameter and right. the, the Greeks only had dactyls and spondees. Right. Little, there's an evolution there. I feel like there's a joke there somewhere that's like really, um, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like dactyls and spondies. <laughs> what are they? Spondies? I don't know. Yeah, I, that's it's right. Like, I'm, yeah, imagining like S P O N D E E. Just like the t- type of joke that would someone would tell at the opening um, commencement of like a Latin convention. Do you know what I mean? What do you call that? Like very specific. Like if there was like a plumbing convention and some, they got some comedian who just like told jokes about plumbing. Sort of like jargony like. Niche? Yeah. Niche humor? Niche, niche. niche humor? Anyway. But you know, Kai Rizdal has a yeah. cadence that many reporters on his show emulate. Um, it's useful it, and it's kind of the, it's the personality of the show. Like I think outside of yeah. the context of that show, you could pick up on it and be like, oh, they're kind of doing the... And, I mean, obviously, like, Ira Glass's... I don't know if it's his cadence, something about his cadence, but certainly the, his read is emulated by many people on I feel like I show. notice a lot, too, when I listen to Kelly McEvers. She has a very specific cadence that I notice. Yeah, and, I mean, but she varies a little bit when she's on all, like, the national broadcasts and when well, she's on her podcast, right? Well, when she's doing her podcast, she's reading versus doing an interview. It's... A, um, on the cuff, right? She does host right? intros and, and... Yeah, on the cuff, as we say. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, but there's, but it's a, it's just a different thing. Who else got some cadence that we could? I mean, honestly, let's 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 give a little shout out to oh. the god Steve Chiatakis. <laughs> Seriously, like he is so good. But I don't think he ever. Well, I guess he does do some reading. He's so smooth. Yeah. I mean, he has. I think he has something very unique, and it's. Um, For those of you who don't know Steve Chiatakis, he's like the afternoon anchor on KCRW. Big fan. I'm a big yeah, fan he's of great. his. He's also just like a fun guy. Just like a. Never met him. Follow him on Twitter. He did a lot of karaoke at the staff party. Oh. He's a good karaoke singer. Will you invite me to the next staff party? Uh, sure. Thank you. The holiday party? I had to get an invite from Nick White, but I was like triple booked that night, so I didn't make it. I can't remember what, what I did. It was a fun party. I'm sure it was. But I think that it's good to have a voice and to have a style. And you don't want it. It's not going to be like paint by numbers, but I like I've also just that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to get it back to. I'm trying to compliment you. Thank will you, will you. Will you I mean, learn how to take a compliment? Yes, I will. But Thank I'm also like I don't really don't. I'm just at a point in my life where like I'm not going to get much better than this. I don't think you know what I mean. Like I'm not going to suddenly have a new voice. Like this is it, and I'm okay with that. Right. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fucking great. Everything's fine. <laughs> no, you don't need to get a new voice. Because the voice yeah. part is good. Yeah, now you just got to work on stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That, that, that's hey. tricky. That is tricky. No, you're great with the stories. Should yeah. we talk about your story? Nah, I don't want to talk about yeah. it. Cool. I mean, well, I'm just working on a bunch of stories. They're going to come out in May. Stay tuned. I'll more on that later. Dave's life. Dave's, Dave's life. Party like... time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear them. But look, your read is fantastic, and it, I don't. Oh, not as thank in you. Intimately familiar. Well done. Uh, with Scott Carrier to. So I can. I'll, if you want, I can send you a copy of that a, a story. Primer? That story. That early. The early Weinberg story. Oh, please do. Should we play it on this show? No. That's not what we do here. No. Nope. We chat. We just chat. We almost... I feel like we're on the other side of an abyss. We are. You literally... like. <laughs> how did you phrase it? You're like, I don't think I have anything more to say. Or no, you, that's not <laughs> how you put it. You're like, I, I'm all chatted out. or all chatted out. You all chatted that out. Is, I think that is what I said. And I was like, oh, are we done? Is that it? Oh, you thought it was going to be the end of the show? That well, was calling out how else was I supposed to take it? Like, if you have nothing else to say, like, what are we going to, like... I just I, thought... I, you, I don't know. I mean, we're coming off a rough episode. A rough ten episodes. Technically six, but... It was seven. Because we did six microsodes, and then... Don't listen to those, everybody. Um, I don't think anyone's We tried something, them. and it didn't work out. That's fine. It's not the end of the world. I think it speaks to something that... It, no matter how minimal the concept, if you alter it, I think it will cause disturbance to you and your audience. Yeah. <laughs> your audience. <laughs> yeah. I did hear from one person that... Spam? Yeah, yeah he was like, stop with the microsodes. It's, the, well, I mean, it's you don't want to tell me that I knew in the moment that it was bad. Well, too bad you didn't take ownership of this podcast and do something <laughs> about it. You know my philosophy. Stop letting me push you around. My so hard. philosophy is I'll try anything. <laughs> How's our collaboration going? 
Do you mean the show? Mm-hmm. It's going great. We had one bad episode. By one, I mean seven. It was completely my fault. But you're going to have, you know, you're going to have some duds every once in a while. Especially when you don't I plan sure or edit anything. Like, yeah. That's just the nature of, of this beast. Or if you plan too much. Yeah. We, it, was, it, was like, it was a combination of planning too much and not enough. Right. Like coming up with a concept, but then not actually doing the work to do the things that we needed to do to make the concept work. Well, so I did hit a little bit of a wall, and I was thinking that maybe we could just revise the concept of the show slightly to incorporate something of greater interest than this. Yeah, I'm happy. I think it's a good idea to have a guest on. I'm all I, for guests. Okay, and I'm serious about this. I can't be paying for these breakfasts with like a third person here. Right. You know, know. like I, I, I don't way. think we should increase the budget of the show. Um, so. So we have guests on, and they have to pay for their breakfast. <laughs> I mean, if you want to plug your shit on the show. No, but it's not going to be as transactional as that. No. I was thinking that we would come up with some sort of so we could say like, this is basically the first book in in this series of books and. The first book is about you and me just kind of defining ourselves and s- setting the place. One of the things about the breakfast and the constant is that maybe we could change places but still call it Live at the Astro. But I was thinking then the next chapter could be something different where, and in order to not get way over ambitious with it, it would just be like having a person with us each, yeah. each time. And it could be a series of portrait interviews, you know, with, for example, you know, a certain Cusack? set of people. Yes, your favorite. Well, so that's how I was thinking, like, we could bring some definition to who that person would be. So for me, it would be journalists and storytellers we know in Los Angeles, for example, or other podcasters. Nothing, well, nothing like having a fellow podcast podcasters. Full of podcasts. I mean, that's what podcasts are. It's, I know. I was it's people who have podcasts inviting each other on each other's shows. It's like 90% of the industry, I feel like. Right. So even though everybody does it and it's bad, that what we're doing is a little bit worse, so why don't we... <laughs> yeah, no one said this was going to be good. Why don't we turn it up a notch? Yeah. No, I just feel like uh, I'm fine with that. Well, the, th- so that was why I called you and I said I'm all chatted out. and I, That's how I was thinking, and then I think that was maybe on Monday or something when I was driving to work. We talked about it, and it being Friday, I just kind of had a busy week, and I didn't get around to making it happen or even telling you what I had thought through certainly not booking anyone but maybe something like that so it's like this has been the first season yeah for some you know it doesn't matter how many episodes there are per season it's just like this has been one concept then we'll do another concept for a while maybe we could return to the first concept but at least we give ourselves like yeah a little bit of a break from it because now that we've covered your voice i don't even know what else to ask you no, I'm just kidding. But your voice is great. We've covered that. <laughs> Say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, people agree with me, by the way. Okay, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Other people agreeing. in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I managed to remain gainfully employed, so someone likes what I'm doing. But we didn't get around to it this week. Maybe we won't get around to it next week or ever. That's Okay. Yeah, we'll play. Trying to forgive myself this year. Be easy on yourself, man. I'll learn to take compliments. You learn to not be so hard on yourself. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Two sides of the same elephant. You can eat your parsley garnish. 
Oh, David's just chowing down on Every the Every time I eat parsley, it, me, it just feels like Passover. Probably not a memory you have. Have you brought that up? I mean, we did some Passovers in my childhood. It's just the taste of raw parsley. No one you dip it in salt water at Passover, but it's just like... So I, just, I get this, like, it, like, takes me, you know, how certain foods, like, put you in a place. Right. I'm just, like, in the rec hall. Not rec hall. I don't know what you call it. Like, this, like, banquet space that Parish my family hall? would rent out every what year at the retirement home where my uh-huh. grandparents lived for Passover. And it's, well, like, when I eat parsley, I'm just, like, I'm in that space. And I'm, like, looking around the room for a piece of matzo wrapped in paper towel. <laughs> Was it frilly parsley or flat Italian parsley? Frilly. So it's a textural association, probably, too. I really like, too. It's a good, nice thing. With the frilly, you get more texture, less I feel like that should be an aperitif, like parsley dipped in salt water. Why do you dip it in salt water? I don't remember. Something about... Because Elijah's coming, and, yeah. Yeah, it's like some old book about, I don't know, I don't even remember. Something about blood of children or lambs, and someone's gone. There were dactyls and spondies. (laughs) (laughs) We're really riding close to the edge of my recorder shutting off because it keeps telling me that there's low battery, which I know, but it's... I you're plugged, plugged into the wall. I am plugged in. Maybe that uh, outlet doesn't work. Yeah, no, it... It might not be working. We're really... This is dangerous. I can't tell. Usually, I think it, it shows that as uh, the battery icon is clear and not with an X through it, and it's really flashing the warning a lot. But I thought we were Let's good here, just man. Just ride it till it crashes, right? Let's ride it till it crashes. But then I, I think I've mentioned this to you on this recorder. If it powers down while recording, the file is on the card, but it won't show up like when you load it into a computer, and I'd have to do a recovery on it, which is a pain. I don't know what to say. We have to account for my post time. Can you take over post for season two? Sure, I'm happy to. Cool. <laughs> I'm happy to do that. I offered to, but then you said you couldn't. I couldn't because I didn't have the Pro Tools sessions Plugins. with the automatic setup. Well, I can give you the session. Um, yeah, just give me the session. I got Pro Tools. There might be a plugin that we have to load, but that would be an easy step to get, save much more time with. It'd be good for us both to have it in case one of us passes away suddenly. <laughs> well, if one of us passes away, I don't think the show is going to continue on. If I die, will you keep coming here by yourself every Friday and talking to me? No. <laughs> I won't. Uh, I'll do it once. I'll, I'll, do, I'll come, I'll come one me. time and I'll do like a... Maybe with your sister or someone. I don't know. I feel like... Who am I, I can't, I'm not just going to monologue. I guess I could just order... I think it would be beautiful if, if you I monologued just breakfast for, me. for you and then like it's, it's sat like there Elijah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You can dip the parsley in the salt water uh, and everything. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, so you told me before we started recording, and I hijacked the recording as usual, that you wrote down a word. Oh, yeah. Semitas. Semitas. It's probably semitas is probably how you say it. Oh, semitas. In Spanish, the accent is always on the second to last syllable unless noted otherwise by an accent. Semitas. Language lessons, people. This Let's is the language episode. So, why do you bring that up? Because two days ago, yeah, two days ago, I've uh, I've incorporated into my daily routine going on the free section of Craigslist. Really? Yeah, every day, because I'm trying to get... But you're too busy to do more for the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't take long. Not a lot of things come up every day, but I check the stuff that comes up that day. Because I need rugs for my attic office, and uh, I saw that someone was giving away a bunch of wood, a bunch of studs, free lumber, and I need to build some bookshelves on like a bench thing. So I was like, I'm on this. So I borrowed my friend's truck, went out to East LA, to Whittier Boulevard. It was really kind of a dramatic setting. It was like this old department store. Mm -hmm. Hey. Thank you, Martha. You're welcome, sweetie. Do you want to say anything today? Hello, good morning. This is Martha from Astro Family Restaurant. I'm taking care of these good looking guys <laughs> and they're having fun with me. Oh, and you wanted to say something. About what? Oh, the salsa. Yeah. The salsa that you guys got me, it's so delicious. Oh. I forgot to tell you all these weeks. I said, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell them. And finally, my old mind said, I got to say it today. I'm glad you like it. Oh, I love it. What have you used it on? Give me recommendations for Tortillas how you Tortillas and, yeah. and beans with cheese. Delicious. Oh. Perfect. Yeah, delicious. Oh, thank you, Martha. I'm You're welcome. You thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks. You want some more coffee and water, right? Yes, please. Oh, okay. That was Martha with a review of Who You Fire, the hot yeah. sauce that I made this year. I also loved it. Thank you. And so it still has some in the fridge. Yeah. So, anyway, so the Boulevard was dramatic. Oh, my God, yeah. So there was this department store. I think it was a department. It was like a big, huge building. And they were demo, like remodeling it. So they had torn out all the walls... And I walked into the back door of this space, and it was dark, but the and part of the roof had been had fallen down, and so you could see through the building, and the light was shining into the space, and it was just full of dust. Cause they were like demoing it, and there was, was like this dusty, backlit, like just like seemed like something out of like Mad Max, you know, like dystopian, like like in a uh, the, the Bradbury Building at the end of. Blade oh, right. Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, and all these dudes were like clearing out stuff, and this guy was like, yeah, you take as much of this. What did you want? There's a huge pile of two by sixes. And so I just started loading them up into this truck, and I was really hungry because I hadn't had breakfast. And I texted you because whenever I'm in a part of the city that I am unfamiliar with or don't know where to eat, I'm always like, Richard, what should I eat in this? And you always come through with a good food recommendation. I was like, where should I go? And he's like, Google Javier, Javier Cabral. Cabral. A great food he, writer here in L.A. Yeah, I grew up in East L.A. I really want to be friends with that guy. Well, so like he, he writes about food and I punk rock, which are two of my great loves. When this happened, I was like, Javier should be our first like fellow journalist. And I think guest. he lives in Highland Park, doesn't he? He lives in Highland Park. Yeah, I gotta have beers with that guy. I have this very. Have you hung out with him? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, but I have a, a long-standing. It's been a while since we've met up, and we need to get a beer. Um, Let's do that. He's working on a cookbook right now, and. Um, so yeah, Javier is a guy who, maybe you don't know this part of it, I, just to sidebar and yeah, yeah. kind of do a little bit of Javier's backstory. <clears throat> I believe he grew up in East LA, I'm pretty sure. He definitely grew up in LA. Um, is of a Mexican heritage, but is uh, born here and grew up here. And is super into punk rock. And just started writing about food very early on. Like I at love a, his stuff. a very young age. I really like what he writes. And he, when I first heard about him, he was a scout for, Los, for the Los Angeles Times for Jonathan Gold. So he would basically, ah. like, Jonathan has a couple people who I think are, like, kind of finding places and, like, shooting him ideas um, for reviews or just to check out. 
and I think Javier was, you know, like mostly uh, recommending like, you know, Mexican food to Jonathan. And I think as a scout, he was like working in some official capacity for the LA Times. He ended up being the West Coast correspondent for Vice Munchies. Uh, and when they posted that job, I, I like was quoted in the posting and stuff like that. And I was just like paying attention to who um, I was really glad that they got him because yeah. there's no one better to yeah. to like write about local L.A. stuff. Um, and yeah, and, and he's a really talented writer. And we've just met since then. And uh, he wrote an article recently, um, which I thought was great. And I actually I think he should expand on it and do it kind of in a different way. I haven't talked to him about this in person, but we texted about it. He wrote an article, like an appreciation, an ode to the $5 taco, of which, you know, there are a lot of $5 and more tacos in LA, but of course there's a hesitancy to like value a taco or street food or Mexican food like that. Yeah. You know, here in LA you can get well, dollar tacos. By $5, you mean it's like gourmet, right? Right. I mean, it costs $5, yeah. whatever that, you know. Which for so, yeah, you. usually it has to do with ingredients. Um, but, you know, it's like your food cost is your food cost, so that's where the dollar amount will start to go up, up yeah, I yeah. think. You know, first, um, even if you're not valuing the experience and the labor costs at the same level, you know, first it's just like that's the bottom line. Obviously, you can't do anything about that. So yeah. that's the first way something will... And, like, Gorilla Tacos, the cookbook that I worked on, is, like, the quintessential kind of OG $5 taco where it's just like no apologies like yeah we're I mean, gonna put some uni on this shit I, mean, I think he has a $4 taco I think he's it even used to be three or sometimes it's three but the sweet potato I think is four now yeah and then you know and it can be more than that but but if, who's not tipping if you're not tipping a dollar on a $4 taco I just tip I 20% across the board always for everything I don't know what your philosophy is unless I'm getting comp stuff and then I tip more yeah um, yeah 20% or more but anyway, Javier wrote this article about that, and he was also on Larry Mantle talking about it, which was great. Um, but he had written this thing about Whittier Boulevard and uh -huh. all which is where I was. the spots this there. This place was on Whittier Boulevard. This specifically a lot of food from Puebla, Mexico there. And he had written that article for the LA Times like last month, and I had seen it and read it and enjoyed it and meant to get out there. So when you texted me, I was like, Google Javier Cabral, Whittier Boulevard, Los Angeles Times. I did. And... I had never had a sem semitas before, which is like a, sorry, it's not my tooth. It's a sandwich, basically. But it's like, like a normal Mexican torta is on this sort of like light and fluffy, almost like a roll, the bread. And they usually like slather it with either mayonnaise or like a bean spread, spread of like refried beans and then whatever you want on it. But these are different. These are like a different kind of sandwich. The, the bun. Were there sesame seeds yeah, on your bun? It's a sesame seed bun and it's much denser than like a traditional torta or even like a hamburger bun. It's kind of like a more dense bread. And then it had the one that they swear by the most popular is the Milanesa. So it's like a really thin beef patty that's breaded and fried and then pickled jalapenos. And then this cheese, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's sort of like crumbly. It's like a queso fresco. Yeah. But then this other guy next to me ordered one. Panela? I don't know. But this, his, his had cheese that looked like spaghetti almost what? like the well yeah and it looked really good and i was like oh man i gotta find out what that is it's almost like a you know like the oaxacan that like knotty sort of ball cheese where you can like peel the right. it's almost like string cheese but it was like the strings were like more defined like it just looked like spaghetti huh 
but yeah, it was really good. And then they also have these tacos called, oh, I can't remember, uh, it's not Adobada, but it's some other Abadeda, which was weird. I'd never had a taco like that. It's like... What was it called? You don't remember I what the remember word what was? It was? But um, it just tasted like a... Like the meat was really good. It was like pork and a flour tortilla with like barbecue sauce. Huh. Yeah. It was like the sweet... It just tastes like sweet barbecue sauce. Was it, it a rolled. small like street taco size? bigger than that. And was that also mentioned in Javier's article? Or? Yeah, not at that place, but as one of the dishes that they, they serve in Pueblo. There's like these highly seasoned pork tacos. And it said in the article that they were like of like Middle Eastern influence. Right. So there's the whole... Which uh, I did not... It didn't. It tasted more like barbecue sauce to me, which I don't associate with There's Middle a Eastern. place where you can get like Arab tacos in LA that I've yeah. never gone to that I'm, I've meant to. I wouldn't describe this to. as Arab in any way, though. But, like, that's what they're called. It's, like, tacos. There. And it had grilled onions on it, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But it was like really good. And, like, good you taco? eat... Uh, yeah, it was good. It was different than what I expected. Um, yeah, you, like, order out of a window, and you eat on this out- outdoor-covered patio. Um, I had a bottle of apple soda, which I love. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Sounds like a good meal to got have a bunch after of free, loading got a free lumber, yeah. truck. And then uh, went home, did some work. And then spent my evening pulling nails and screws out of uh, two by sixes. Right. Yeah. What are you gonna do with it? I'm gonna build this so in my in my attic. There's like these giant silver tubes that for are like dumped. running heat or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they run the heat in our house and the AC, and they're like right next to the they're up against the wall where the window is. Right. And so I'm gonna build a bench that hides them, so, and then put some wow. bookshelves on either side of it. So there's like a little nook so you can sit by the window and there'll be books and. You won't just be have like these exposed duct everywhere. So I'm gonna build those with that. I'm gonna frame out the bench with the two by sixes and then buy some nice sheet wood to put over. I don't know what you call it sheet wood, just nice. You're asking me. <laughs> Something a little nicer than plywood and sand it and stain it and put Throw it. Throw some there. cushions on there. Yeah, but that's the thing I've been thinking about. Like, should I get nice wood or not? Because if I'm just gonna put cushions over it, it doesn't matter. Well, but you don't want it to, like, like, fray and, like, get wood chips in the cushions. Right. So it's but there's different, be sanded, like, I guess. Yeah. I'm still going to sand it, but I don't know. I'm just, just thinking out loud. Like, here. yeah, do you want it to be a really nice-looking, like, exposed wood situation? Yeah, I think or? I do. Mainly because I'm, I'd like to get better at doing woodwork. And so it'll be, like, a nice chance to... I'm impressed. Just, like, practice working on with some nice wood. Yeah. Because eventually I want to replace this tiny back deck we have that's like a health hazard. The one upstairs? No, no. Or downstairs? Or the back door. Yeah. I, I don't think I've even been there. It's too dangerous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I had this great sandwich. It was great. And then, uh, yeah, I uh, ate it, drove home. I'm going to definitely I wanna go out to East LA more and get some more of that food out of Pueblo, try some other places. Yeah. I want to eat, try that spaghetti cheese thing. That looked good. So I'm trying to understand, is it just how the cheese was, like, shredded, or...? I don't know. I know very little about it. I just sort of, like... We should go back for that. So wh- what was the place that you went to? Uh, it's called Poblano China? Like yes, China Poblano, right. I think? Yeah. I think it was the first one mentioned in the article. Yeah, it was. Cool. It was. It was like this is the best semitas on this block. I'm like, well, fuck, did you I eat do? the whole thing? Oh yeah, and the taco. Good for you. Yeah, and I had a second soda. Wow. 
but it wasn't very good, so I just that was a big I lunch. ended up only drinking half of that one. Have you been recording up in the attic? Uh, not lately. Um, I will be recording maybe today or Monday. I have to do another draft of a story. Can't wait to hear it. Do I get to hear another draft, or are you going to keep it away from me? I feel bad me? making you listen to so much stuff, but I'll send it to you. What? I love it. I okay. want to help. All right, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm helping, but I, Definitely. I'm trying to help. Definitely. Okay, I get invited back. You gave like my... a lot of really good notes about... The story I'm working on is about a, a fallen actor. Someone who was on their way to great fame and fortune, and then their life got derailed by a lengthy federal prison sentence. And you had some really good notes about how to address the nature of like that type of fame and like how you treat someone who is in the position that he is as an actor and like sort of like placing him in the bigger picture of like what it means to be famous and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into the details of the story but basically those were really helpful notes and I, they were like came from a place that no one else like no one was really giving me those kind of notes about that kind of thing. And I kind of liked it like the way of editing where I sent it to a bunch of different people. I don't yeah. know how sustainable it is because I'm also just I'm not paying all these people other than like I'll buy you a meal or like do the same for you. But it's nice to just sort of get a bunch of different notes from different people. Right. Almost like a group edit, but like with a dis- disparate group of people from right. different backgrounds as opposed to like a room full of editors, which tend to... You don't feel like you're think. being pulled in too many directions? No. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to take the notes I want and leave aside the ones I don't. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a bunch of notes, even if they conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to... Give a shout out to my grad school mentor, John Else. His rules for documentary film are A, B, C. Access, battery, and concept. And then D is deal. So we didn't have B. <laughs> well, you were plugged into the wall. So I was plugged into the wall. So I think that would be. But I, what happened was I tried to adjust the levels on the recorder, and it took that as... I don't have the power. A mortal blow. Yeah. 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 Um, so we're guessing that we have 15 minutes left on this baby. So let her rip, Weinberg. I feel like I'm done talking about my home improvement project. I feel like that's not... How would I start this show? Yeah. Go. Oh, no, if I want I, you, you... No, I want no, you. I already did it. Now it's your turn. If you, this is your show, you were going to start it by yourself. How do you do it? I'm in a diner. It's the Astro Diner. I come here every week with my friend David Weinberg. Welcome to my podcast. Something like that. Yeah, it's good. I think that I need to find a little bit of the down tempo in a story that I'm doing that you were giving me notes on. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about your story. That's what we were talking about, I think. Um, Oh, yeah, that's right. We forgot what we were talking about after the batteries. I listened to your story this week. You listened to my story. My read was just like a tone deaf, giddy, like I don't even know. I don't know where it came from. It was like a little terrible. It was like a little like unnatural. Yeah, a little Aspergersy, you know. Jeez. No offense to anyone who's listening that has Asperger. Yeah, no. But just yeah, it was <laughs> but just you, like. But you sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It's like that is the hardest thing about doing. Radio story is like getting your voice to sound natural and good, and it and the, like there's no quick, easy fix. It's just like it takes fucking forever to to get comfortable and do that well. So yeah, I definitely don't have it. 
but I, I'll feel like if, but I feel like if you can act you can you have a leg up you know but I can't act <laughs> yes you can well will you give me some tips for yeah, me not to, for you not I'm for now not for a, how you do it I will it. sit in on the next read if you want that would be good um but give me some tips right now I think the uh, thing that well, you want to get to is some sort with... of heightened version of yourself kind of telling the story, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, you want to think about it like you're just telling a friend. You're going to tell this friend this story. Yeah. There's this uh, sort of trick, this device that I, that I, do my, I do, do myself sometimes, but then I also, like, tell other people to do it. And that is to start your read by saying the word, so... Yes, I do that. So it's like, so, and then you go into it, and it sort of, like, tricks your brain into, like, treating what you're about to say as more conversational in a way. Right, I do that a lot. And then there's another phrase. So many ways. Yeah, so many ways. I was going to the Astro Diner one day. Yeah, there's another word that someone else recommended, phrase, but the idea is that you just sort of, like, are trying to, yeah, just create the illusion that this is just very uh, off the cuff. I've never been happy with anything that I've voiced. Um, certainly not radio or podcasts. So, <laughs> we'll see. Tune in I mean, to I feel like Richard's Famous Food Podcast is perfect. I feel like that your read on that is so good. It's like, it's, like, it's like when you do a thing that's like so you, it's just like drives so perfectly well. Right. And I feel like you, do, you hit that out of the park. I think, uh, thank you, yeah. and and I agree that it worked, and I think it's hard to take that into the context of the story that I'm doing. Well, yeah, they're just two different, very, very not, uh, different things. It's whimsical, comedic, no. like, absurd thing. Someone gets stabbed to death in the story. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's like, hey, Richard's famous murder podcast. <laughs> it's not really about a murder at all, but. Hold up, did I just hear somebody get stabbed to death? <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's tough. Um, so I think that w- my note on it was that it should be less Adderall and more opiate. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Plus, no. it's a story set in Appalachia, <laughs> so I was kind of just thinking about the oh god, yeah, the oxies and. Well, I would love it if you sat in on it and helped me find it. Yeah. Also, like have a beer before you record. That's always helpful. Works for you. Really, you do that? Yeah, I usually will have a little bit of whiskey or scotch. Because I feel like it's good for the throat, and it's just like I'm looser. I wonder what that thing that we recorded in your attic with the uh, host is like. Yeah. I haven't listened to it. Apparently, I fucked up the recording a little bit, and it was like a little peaky at times. Oh, really? But I'm not very good at engineering live stuff anyway, so deal with it. Yeah, deal with it. But if we're going to use that as the host intro, then, um, I mean, I'm sure it's fine if it's somewhat discordant. But, like, I wonder, because I, I remember the reason I thought of it was because you mentioned having whiskey and I remember I had whiskey mm-hmm. at your house while recording that and but I also remember being like really keyed up yeah. you know and just talking really fast and loud and kind of like the Astro yeah except it was whiskey well that was one of Nick's notes he's like can you make it more like the way you sounded the Astro <laughs> yeah I thought that was interesting well I think he's meant more naturally you right know. because that's the way I yeah. apparently sound yeah this is you, you. You people are getting the real, true Richard right now. Unvarnished. Unvarnished. Unedited. Unedited. I mean, naked. Is, I feel like this is the first. I don't wear any clothes to the Astro. <laughs> Technically, I think this will be the first edited episode because we're gonna have to put these two files together. 
Right, and I realized that I did my whole spiel about battery and explained what happened to the recorder, but probably if we had just joined the files together, there nobody would have been the wiser. But the recorder did shut down. I don't know. I think it would be weird, because I think we just sort of like oh, shift gears suddenly. It was probably like mid-word, though. I think the last thing I said you was, were are we okay? <laughs> <laughs> we are not okay. Uh, but that was our first major technical problem. We've... Yeah, we so overcame far. some loud music for that one time they put us in the back room. That was the worst. That was such an oppressive... We've overcome not having mic stands. That was the time you were covered in burns. That, yeah. was like, that was a rough spot for the, the Strell. Not as rough as the Decalogue. Oh, I had another <laughs> idea for not as rough as the RIP Decalogue. We'll never speak of you again. Uh, I had another idea for if we kind of switch concepts and do like a quote-unquote second season. I uh -huh. thought that we could change the tag. So the, the name of the show will always be live from the Astro, mm -hmm. but we could change the tag. Instead of SM58's and the Truth, which is like the tag for the first season, it could be like interviews with journalists based in Los Angeles or something like that. So that when you visit us online on iTunes, you could tell by the tag what kind of a mode we're in. No. And then if we switch back to SM58's and the Truth, we could put that tag back up. Sure. But 58s and the truth is the OG best tag ever. You know what I like about the sonic environment of the Astro, which is one of the things that we'll, obviously we'll miss Martha the most, but hearing this kind of ambient noise of a diner, I think, is something that we have going for us that's pretty cool. Pretty revolutionary in the world of podcasting. This is like a yeah, ambient, <laughs> ambient yeah. back. Like. Sorry, uh, Nick Qua, if you want to interview us We should about pitch it. him this show to be reviewed. Do you know him? No, I never met him. How? You know everybody in podcasting. Everybody but Nick Qua. Well. We st I mean, he'll still take pictures, but we should just, like, hound him every day. So you could say every that day. you <laughs> no say Qua? That was a bilingual pun. Uh, <laughs> this is the language episode. But so one of the things that I love that happens a lot of the time we sit here in the back booth these days, they always put us here is the reloading of the ice. Somebody will take a huge bucket, like a 10 gallon bucket of ice and dump it into the, the it either tray. Goes, either goes into the tray or in the urinals. I knew you were going to bring up the, I knew you were going to do that again. Why is it? Who's playing urinal bingo at home? Because every episode, David tries to sneak one reference in there. You can't help it, folks. Uh, it's one of my favorite things about the Astro. All right, so we. I mean, there's something really satisfying about melting ice with the stream of your. All urine. right, all right. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry for the folks at home. I'm sorry to uh, anybody, anybody's mom who might be listening. Does your mom listen? My mom doesn't know about this. My mom doesn't know how to download a podcast. Does, does Katya's mom listen? No, no, they don't know. About does it. Faye's mom listen? Katya's never listened to the show. Really? Yeah, never has. She's like, oh, yeah, one of these days I should listen to the show. She didn't even listen to the episode that was dedicated to her? She's never listened to the show, ever. Did no. you tell her that we talked about her book? Yeah, well, for a long time, she was like, why don't you talk about my book? <laughs> well, how come you're not talking about my book? How come you're like, and I was like, I just forgot. How did forgot. she know we were talking forgot. about it? Because she asked me. She's like, what did you guys talk about on the show? And I'm like, eh, and then and she's like, oh, did you talk about my book? And I was like, no. And, she, and she's like, got kind of upset about it. And I was like, I'm sorry. I just, you know. Felt right, bad. You're like, felt oh, we talked about this sandwich that Richard <laughs> ate. <laughs> Twenty minutes. <laughs> I couldn't really think of anything else to talk about. But um, yeah, and then I told her about it, and she was like, "We do not do nepotism. We only do navel casing." Yeah. <laughs> so it's been so. about ten minutes. We have. So we'll do five more minutes, and then we'll call her quits. Yeah. Got plans for the weekend? 
I do not. Um, I have been out and about and socializing a lot, and um, I am wanting to... I'm the opposite. You've been doing the opposite? Yeah. Yeah, I want to be doing what you've been doing. Um, maybe I'll try to, like, get out into nature and take a hike. Maybe I'll cook a meal. Um, you know, love my aging dog. And I don't know. I do have something that I'm supposed to do. And I have some work to do. Some extracurricular work. Um, I just got a real sidewise glance from a man who's wearing a Carhartt hoodie and has Oakley sunglasses um, perched atop his baseball cap brim. Looks like he's... I can see him in the mirror behind you. Yeah. Not like a podcast for fan. A yeah. <laughs> it's like we are the new like bourgeoisie, you know, <laughs> soft-handed podcasters. <laughs> I feel that the proletariat just walked in. Um... So yeah, I don't have really any plans, I don't think. But I do, I do, I should get some work done because I work for my job throughout the week, and uh, like I have that KCRW job's going great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I know it doesn't come out much, but you know, you know that expression "happiness writes white." <laughs> I don't. It's like when, when you're in a happy relationship, <laughs> you know, the long distance relationship. There's no emails because. Because there's nothing to talk about because everything's perfect. Uh, that sounds great. So, I but I might do some work on my KCR dub thing. Mm-hmm. And you better. You got a week to turn that thing around. <whistles> oh, but you're going to sit down and, and do some scenes with me. Sure. Can but we do that this not, weekend? Probably not. Well, maybe. I, I'm just kind of booked. But um, Wait, So what are your plans? Uh, tomorrow's a parent work day at the preschool. So, like, a few times a year, all the parents have to come and, like, do a bunch of work at the preschool. Like, okay. manual labor type stuff. Then... You bring some two-by-sixes. I'm going on an anniversary date with my wife. Happy anniversary. Thank you. We're going to go to Shibumi. Have you been to Shibumi? Oh, cool. I have not, actually. It's supposed to be great. Yeah, no, I think you're going to have it's fun. Like number two restaurant in L.A., supposedly. Is it number two? It was in 2016 on, on Jonathan Gold's list. list. And I think, it was, oh. I think it was in the top five this year. Everybody talks about how weird the list was this year. Really? It's so overplayed. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. Let the man have taste. Yeah. Like, what, you have an opinion? That's not allowed. The fuck You're are you? supposed to have my opinion. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that, and then um, I have a toddler birthday party to attend to. You do sound pretty booked. It's going to be fun. It's a celebrity's kid. It's always exciting. <laughs> uh, A-list. An A-lister? I think so. I think this person's an A-lister. Do you want to say who it is? No, I don't. Wow. Must be A1. <laughs> Top tier. And then I think something's happening on Sunday. But I can't remember what. I might go over to a friend's place and watch the Olympics and eat pizza with a bunch of kids and adults. Um, Colin. You know Colin. Yeah. His wife is out of town for a month. She went to this cabin to write her book. So oh, it was wow. like him and his daughter for a month. And I was like, man, you, let me know if you need some help. <laughs> you want to oh, drop nice. your daughter off at our house or something. So I'm going to hang out his with him. His desk is now literally facing my desk. They <laughs> just like stare at each other. They're conjoined. Yeah. That's great. And I, I went in a bunch this week. And I here, I'll show you a photo. Um, I haven't. We He makes these jokes when, when we're emailing about getting together. Um, he makes these jokes about his empty desk talking to my empty desk and how they're hanging out together. But so, yeah, I mean, this is a really bad picture, but that's my desk facing his desk. Oh, and that's wow. his name uh, on the back of his computer screen. 
And so we're literally facing each other. And I have a standing desk now. So I'll be standing over him sometimes nice. awkwardly. Yeah. I mean, if we ever end up there together, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. We're both like legends of LAX 16, which is the name of the building. Which is two blocks away from our new building in KCW. It's I'm hoping very close. we'll do some lunches in the future. But that'd be great. The other day someone was like, do you, do you ever go to work? And I was like, no, but I'm, I'm going to go in like one or two days a week. You're like, the new building's I will up. see and you Katya in June. Was like, Katya was like, really? Two days a week? And I was like, like probably one day a week. <laughs> it's like just the idea of two days a week in the office. And we come in like, and we have a courtyard outside and there's cornhole. Sounds very Midwestern. It's just, it's not much of a campus. It's just, there's at least cornhole, so we could play cornhole. Sure. I haven't done it yet. All right. We're out of time, everybody. See you next Friday.